Hey, we're kicking off a series called Thrill of Hope. And I know that each and every one of us has many different things to look forward to during this Christmas season. For some of us, uh, the thing that we're looking forward to the most is the gifts. Now, I know the older you get, the less gifts you actually receive. However, there was a guy I saw on Facebook. What he did is he went around his whole house and he put stickies on things that were already gifts that he wanted his family to be a little bit more grateful for. So he put a sticky note that said gift on the air conditioning unit. And then he put it on the TV and said gift and each car refrigerator. And he just said, hey, these are all gifts. Okay. I used to get credit for this stuff when I was dating. Now it's just called being a husband. And so I just want to remind you this is a gift for some of us it's not just the gifts it's the food there's just certain Christmas deals that we just love for some of us it's eggnog for some of us um, it's a break if you're a student you're like oh I get some time off if you're a parent you're like I get more time on okay I didn't realize that that was how that works so you're like not looking forward to this season but for some reason you're like I love my family in doses and so there's that um For some of us, it's the decor. We just love putting up Christmas lights. Now, there are a few of you who started putting up Christmas decorations on 4th of July. You have a problem. You need Jesus, okay? It's not that serious. Like, why are we doing that? But nevertheless, the the festivities of it all makes us feel great. And then for some of us, it's the sweaters. Now, here's my issue with ugly Christmas sweaters. They're getting prettier. Have you noticed this? Like, these are nice sweaters. I'm like, I think we would wear these. They're just Christmas sweaters at this point. I don't know that they're ugly, but we love putting them on. And for some of us, it's just the music. I don't think you should be playing Christmas music on Halloween, but for some reason, that should feel illegal. However, we all enjoy doing it. But we all know this. None of those things are the reason for the season. The reason for the season is because we have all gathered here together to celebrate the birth of a baby boy, and his name is Jesus. And he changed the world. And it comes from this story in Scripture, and and it says this. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. you got to see this. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, which means they you know, had sex before they came together, just in case you're wondering what came together means in scripture. You got to see this next part. It's really great. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. If you're a single guy out there here at River Point Western Church and you're on a date with a girl and she tells you that she's pregnant from the Holy Spirit, I don't know how you're going to handle that, okay? So... You're going to have to pray about that one. Nevertheless, you can understand Joseph's position for sure. says, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. However, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
God with us. Um, I love this season of the year because um, it used to be a little bit more exciting to get boxes that you open, but now in our Amazon Prime culture, it's Christmas every week. Boxes show up at our homes all the time. You know, it's, they're just there. And it's interesting the anticipation that you get from the time that you order it to, you know, you're checking shipping notifications. When is this stuff going to show up? And you've got certain certain retailers that are like, hey, you have a package on the way. It's coming between 8 and 12. You're like, that's a, that's a long time. What am I supposed to do between 8 and 12? Just stand at the door. Now, the worst notification to get is, hey, your package will be there by 9 p.m. 9 p.m.? What am I going to do all day? Like, I got to stand at the front of the house. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Something's coming, and I'm excited about it. Now, the issue in my home is um, everyone in my home is on my Amazon Prime account. Okay, I can't have you having your own separate Prime account. I need to be have eyes on what you're doing at all times. So everything that comes to my house has my name on it, although it's not all for me. So sometimes my wife orders something, I order something, and we don't know who ordered what at the same time and when it's going to get there. And so if a box shows up, we kind of play the game, whose gift is it, or who's, who's, who, who's, who's the box actually for? So if she opens the box, I'm like looking like, what, what is it, what's that? Oh, is that, oh, that's yours? Oh, that's cool. And if I'm opening it, she's like, oh, is it mine? I'm like, no, nah, this is mine, this is mine. All right, sorry, you go over there, okay? Like, this is, this is my stuff. And so there is this anticipation that we can have whenever something is coming. One time I ordered some shoes, shocker, and uh, they didn't come. But I got a delivery notification that says, hey, your order has been delivered. And I was like, well, maybe it's at the, the mailbox or maybe it's, you know, a neighbor got it or something. I said, hey, I called the company. I said, hey, I promise you, like, it's, it's nowhere in the house. Well, my son grabbed it one time while I was out of town. And he put it in the laundry room. I don't know if he was hiding it. You know, like kids, they get real forgetful. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm like, you don't know what happened. You don't remember grabbing a box this big for, for you, you know. So... This thing that I have been anticipating, this thing that I have been looking for down the street, like, are they here yet? Are they here yet? Was already in the house. And sometimes when it comes to hope, it's one of those things that is forward facing. Hope is this idea that something good is just around the corner, that something good is coming, that better days are ahead of us, that change is going to come. But that's not the Christmas story. The Christmas story isn't that hope is coming. The Christmas story is hope has already been delivered. So if you find yourself in a situation this weekend that feels just a little bit off, that feels just a little bit hopeless, look to the Christmas narrative to find hope for your soul. It has already been delivered. Just a little historical context to why this is a big deal, to why God with us matters. Because for 400 years, God's people would look to the sky and say, God, where are you? And God didn't talk back. They began to lose hope. And for you to understand uh, why God with us matters so much is because in the Old Testament, uh, this is how anyone won wars. Whoever God was with, 
That's who won. It was that simple. And by the way, God doesn't fight fair. One, one war, he started throwing hailstones down from heaven. What are they supposed to do? Pick it up and throw it back? Good luck hitting God. Okay, it's not going to happen. So like, is God on our side was this question that people had. And so they began to grow weary. They began to get into a place of going, is God with us? What they didn't know is that there was a baby boy in the oven. What they didn't know was that what would come from the sky is a baby boy that would save the world from their sins. And so, yeah, they would give him this nickname, God, with us for the first time. They were going, wait a minute, he's human. He's one of us. We're not just looking to the sky. We can see him. We can feel him. We can touch him. This is fully God, fully man. God is with us. Have you ever been in a place where you wondered where in the world is God? Have you ever been in a place where you were truly hopeless? I mean, it doesn't really take that much to get us to a hopeless place, right? I mean, watching the news can make you hopeless. Losing a job can make you hopeless. Losing a loved one can make you hopeless. A child getting sick can make you hopeless. A bad grade can make you feel hopeless. And we can fall for the notion that if we just become more successful, that we will, that will somehow pull us out of despair but I have, to, I have to believe that there is somebody listening or watching this message today who has achieved all of their career goals and can't figure out why in the world they wake up every single day feeling hopeless. They were able to get the car of their dreams and at the gas station, people are going, oh, my gosh. And when they're charging their car, people are going, oh, my gosh. And they're just going, I don't know why I can't be as excited about my life as you are about my life. But for somehow, I, I feel hopeless. In 2014, Michael Phelps, he at this point in his career, had 22 gold medals, which was twice as many as anyone else of it, that was a swimmer. But in 2014, he had experienced his second DUI. He was trying to figure out who he was outside of the swimming pool. And what's interesting is I remember watching Michael Phelps in the early 2000s and commentators would say this statement, it's like he's not even human, he's a fish. Kim, he's not, he's not, he's not a human. Yeah, he is. He's human, just like you and me. And can find himself in a place of hopelessness. He even contemplated suicide. It dispels the myth that somehow enough success is somehow some get out of hopelessness free card that's just not how it works. Not only is it hard to sometimes 
have hope. Sometimes it's difficult to know where to put our hope. I love what it says in Psalms 130. It says, I wait for the Lord. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. Can I ask us a couple questions this weekend? First one is this. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? I mean, are you waiting for a promotion to enjoy your job? Are you waiting to get paid more to start having hope? I mean, what are you waiting for? I mean, so many people are just almost, they almost feel like they're in line, just waiting for their circumstances to change for them to be happy. They're they're waiting to move into another neighborhood. They're waiting to go to a different school. It's like they're just, they're just waiting. Like, what are you waiting on? Let me ask it this way. Who are we waiting on? Who are we waiting for? I mean, some of us just think, man, if I just, if I just get in this relationship or, man, if this, if my boss would just get their act together and it's easy for us to find ourselves in a position where we're simply blaming other people for our despair as if they have enough power to pull you out of your despair. You don't like them that much now anyways. How much power do you think they have? I mean, what do you think that they're going to do? I mean, ultimately, the psalmist forces us to ask ourselves this question. Where's where's our hope? What and who do we like? What are we expecting from life? What do we think this is going to happen that's going to make us look forward to anything? Is it likes? I mean, you might get something today, man, that's great. But you know what's going to happen tomorrow? They're going to like the newest thing. I mean, maybe for some of us, we think, oh, politicians, they're, they're our hope. Good luck. <laughs> for some of us, it's our employers. Well, man, if this company just starts to do some, man, that'd be, that'd be great. I mean, I mean, for some of us, we're just stock market like, oh, man, you got to see what it's going to do. And some of you are Bitcoin. Y'all making deals in the lobby like, hey, man, I got to get you on this coin, man. Come over here. Let me talk to you for a second. Like, for some of us, we think a romantic relationship is going to, to save us. I mean, there's lots of different places that you and I can can put our hope, but I mean, you, you're smart, right? We all know what I'm about to say, right? I mean, stock markets crash, cars depreciate, houses deteriorate, supermodels get wrinkles. Like, I don't care who you're with. Like, I'm just telling you where it's headed. Like, I know he's great. I know she's great. But and no matter how much attention you can get on the Internet, there's going to be something new that's, that's around the corner. You've heard me say this a lot, but it's true. Humans make great mates, but they make horrible gods. They're horrible gods. In other words, they... 
They have no saving power. Social media is awesome for connecting with friends. But if you're going to put your hope in it, that's a bad bet. I'm all for investing, but not my hope. Money, yeah, cool, but it's just money. But all my hope on the stock prices of some people I don't even know? I just can't, I mean, I love my wife. She's awesome. But if I put God pressure on her, she's probably going to fail. I'm guessing yours would too. And if she puts a God expectation on me, hey, baby, I'm, I'm, let me just apologize early. It's not going to happen. Because we're horrible gods. We're great humans at best. So where are you going to put your hope? You know what the psalmist said? He says, I'm waiting on God. I love you, but I'm waiting on God. Hey, boss, I really wish you would get your act together, but I'm not waiting on you for me to change how I know I'm supposed to be. I'm I'm actually, the only only person I wait on is, is God. I respect you. I work for you. That's cool. I'm very, very particular and specific about where I put my hope. The psalmist says, hey, I'm waiting on God. Let me tell you where I put my hope. I put my hope in the word of God. And sometimes there's this attitude that I hear from people about the Bible and about the word of God. Oh, man, the Bible is outdated. It's outdated, man. It's for old people. Really? You want to know what's going to happen? When you die, guess what's still going to be here? The word of God while you're gone. Who's outdated now? You gone. (laughs) When your great, great grandkids die, guess what will still be here? The word of God. So you tell me what's outdated. There could be this thing when we approach the word of God that we just kind of go, meh. I know how the story ends. And what can happen during this Christmas season is we can read about the hope of Jesus Christ. We can read the Christmas narrative and just kind of go, it's a movie I've seen a thousand times. I know how it ends. Magi, fugitive, they're on the run. I get it. That you can't really let it sink in to what's actually happened. And so I have to encourage us to put our hope in the thing that has stood the test of time. Because you and I have the propensity to take for granted the thing that brings us the most value while placing value on things that later we won't even want. Um, I I can prove it. Um, I... uh, had some time during the pandemic to do some spring cleaning that turned into summer cleaning, then fall cleaning, then winter cleaning. It was just cleaning at some point because we couldn't leave, right? You remember that? So um, I just kept doing purges of just like, hey, we need to get rid of stuff. We're not that hoarding family. We don't do that. No, junk drawer. Come on, get this stuff out of here. It's junk. Like, let's go. All right, let's get rid of these instruction manuals. We don't need these tools anymore. Like, let's get this stuff. Like, let's clear some space. And so I enjoy packing up the SUV and taking stuff over to the goodwill. Like, hey, I just want to, I, I, and you feel like a good person. They're really doing you a favor, but you want to act like you all generous and stuff. Like, here, I'm here to bless you. No, you're being a blessing to me. Get this stuff out of my house, okay? So I get there. They said, sir, we're closed. I said, what are you talking about? They said, we aren't accepting any more donations. I said, what? 
I said, you know what, Goodwill? I'm sick of y'all. Going over to the Salvation Army. Those are the people I need to work with anyways. I'm tired of y'all playing games with me, okay? So I went over to the Salvation Army and said, sir, we're glad you're here to make a donation. However, we're closed for donations. I said, what? What in the world is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, I kept driving to Salvation Army, Goodwill, all across the city. And then I finally got upset. I went, okay, I, I got to walk in. I got to figure out what in the world is going on. So I walk in. I go, ma'am, why are all of these Goodwills and Salvation Armies uh, closed for donations? She said, the fire marshal has shut us down. I said, what? Why? She said, we're at capacity. She said, take a look. Takes me to this room. I can't make this up. Stacked to the ceiling was just stuff. Stuff for days. You want to know what my first thought was when I saw it? These are all of our old Christmases. And look at them now. In trash bags. In bins. And containers, all of the old toys, all of the old stuff that we don't even want anymore. You know what I didn't find? In the stacks of stuff. I didn't see any Bibles. I didn't see anybody say, ah, yeah, let's give this away. Somebody needs it, right? They said, no, we better hold on to that case of an emergency. But these toys, yeah, these kids don't play with that anymore. Let's just. So why would we hold on so tightly to something we are going to freely give away in just a couple of years anyways? Where's your hope? I love what Acts. For chapter 2, verse 25 says, they're quoting David. He said, I saw God before me for all time. Nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out. Ecstatic. This is what he says. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. This is a guy that has said, you know what? If I have to choose hope or despair, if I got to pick a neighborhood, why don't we move into the land of hope? I think it's pretty easy for us to live in the land of despair, to live in the land of anger, to live in the land of bitterness, to live in the land of fear, to live in the land of anxiety, to live in the land of depression, to live in the land of blaming everyone else for our problems. But did you know that you can make a decision today that says, you know what? Because hope already came, I think I'm going to live in the land of hope. I get people that ask me all the time, Ryan, where do you think all this is going? Huh? Huh? Doom and gloom. It's the end times, Ryan. What's going on? What do you think? I think I'm going to live in the land of hope. I think our brightest days are ahead of us. Call me crazy. Despite what you might see on the news, I think that there are groups of people like yourself gathered like we are now 
that have the power to change the world. And you'd be surprised what could happen if you walked into your job, you walked into your school, you walked into your gymnasium with a smile on your face and you acted like you lived in the land of hope and you acted like something was already delivered to your home that changed the world. Guess what? It did. His name is Jesus. And so for me, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I think it's the thrill of hope. I think we could change the world. I really believe that because here's what I know. I know that you work with and go to school with and live next to people who have no hope. So you just walking outside with a smile on, on your face, you go into your job with a smile on your face, you're like, somebody's going to go, what is wrong with you? Package delivery. It's been here the whole time. God is with me. That's what this Christmas season is all about. He's not going to be with me in the future. This isn't like a future thing. No, God is with me. If you are here today and you have found yourself hopeless, this Christmas season, I hope you know, God is with you. I believe that is the thrill of hope. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about what is the thrill of hope. You. And God, I pray that you would help us share that with others, Lord. And in our darkest times, God, I pray that we would continue to put our hope in you and trust that you are who you say you are. Help us to be people of hope. In Jesus' name, pray. Everybody said, Amen.